0: buddy um, I. not. I'm. I'm not going to say episode numbers anymore. That's stupid. <laughs> I know. I know which one this is, but I'm not going to say and
1: it. You all know which one this is, too. Yeah. Sorry, I got to level this sound a little. It'll say in the. Uh, it'll say in the title, won't it? Uh, it will. Maybe. Yeah. But who knows? Yeah, it, I forget what we titled ours. Yeah. No. Now.
0: It'll definitely say it. Uh, the. Uh,
1: but um, The new meta is mentioning that we won't talk about what number episode ex- this is. Exactly. <laughs>
0: <laughs> we're just so, we're so prolific that we're unable to, uh, to keep track of mm-hmm. our output at this point. It's just, it's just too cumbersome. Yeah, we've to, done so many. Um, so this is going to be a really tough podcast to do because this has been a really slow news week. I mean, just <laughs> nothing <laughs> has happened this week wow. at all. Jordan, you're so right. Not a single thing
1: has happened in the last seven days. Yeah, we haven't done anything either. We haven't gone out to see any movies. Or, no, 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 no. Or even seen each other.
0: No, it's just been a. Uh, it's been a really, really, really boring week. Um, but, and seen. And seen. What do you want to talk about today, Jordan? <laughs> so <laughs> I'm trying to think of like if there's even any way to make it funny. I think that on its head though, this this this. Uh, The no more indictments uh, for the Mueller report is pretty fucking Mm. just objectively hilarious. Yeah. And I I love, I I was telling a friend uh, that you're a great, you're a great, I talk so much, even when we're not doing this, that you're actually a great um, one to prove that I, like, you can back back it up that I was ahead of this. Sure, yeah. And this is another one where... And I really hate doing that I
1: hate like fanning the flames of your ego
0: yeah well it, it, I, I this this the my attitude about the Russia thing was basically what they were trying to prove was that uh, the president was a traitor right and everyone wants to compare it to the time span of Watergate which took I think over three years it took quite quite a long time for that mm-hmm. actually to, to conclude but it, It's it's, Watergate's an entirely different scenario than the president of the United States actively working with a foreign power to sabotage Mm. an election, which and and also to a president that was a private citizen and not a politician before. My point of that is that we would have known in six months whether or not this was true, right? And so, but then everyone kept pointing to the indictments that were happening with you know Michael Cohen and with Paul Manafort. And, uh, but then no one seemed to pay attention beyond the fact that what they were being indicted for had nothing to do with anything campaign related. It was all like finance crimes, which if you took any of these people who have been career politicians, uh, for their whole life, they would, and you had the whole FBI looking into everything. They all did something illegal. They'd go to jail for. (laughs) And so, uh, well, anyways, it yielded no, no fruit from this this thing
1: against trump that is
0: at least not well at least not the fruit that every outlet wanted except for fox news so um so i mean there i mean there's you know i'm willing to say at this point there could be something there but it it looks massively unlikely and and it just seems like the last three months have just been democrats and i've never voted for republican i should say that uh democrats taking l's Oh, yeah. Every day. Left and fucking right, dude. Every single day. And I guess that kind of uh, gets me onto the next thing. Yeah. uh, Phew, what a snooze
1: fest. uh, Yeah. Am I right, ladies? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, What's next?
0: (laughs) Um, Well, the fact that Jussie Smollett... Oh, bussy Small Dick is back. Bussy Small Dick is back in the news. Back, baby. And uh, so... He got off on all 16... All fucking 16 charges. All 16 felony counts. And what I find so interesting about this is... Not not that it happened. I'm not surprised. In fact, I think that I mentioned on the Bussy Small Dick um, podcast that I would find it hilarious if nothing right. happened to him. Yeah. And so like all of my friends who have been following this on the left or right were outraged over this. I found it so fucking funny because he now has to play this part that someone attacked him. Right, but right. but has no curiosity as to where these attackers are because they it's, aren't real. Yeah, because uh, it, it's it him. Was,
1: yeah, exactly.
0: So I have a massive conspiracy theory about this. Oh boy, well, Jesus. And I'm and I'm gonna. And I, I, I guess just go for you know, it. Yeah, my it. My, <laughs> my attitude is I don't really care. So like, this is obviously like alleged, but so I have uh, this. This is, and I ha- you know, and, then, and I'm also gonna say on record here that something something's going to happen from this and I, actually I, I actually see this as a net positive in general to just kind of waking up the whole country to well he, he, first off what, what i love so much about him getting off is that it totally is now the perfect example to use when people talk about white privilege you, because the, the conversation i've always wanted it to be is it's not about race it's about class If you're poor and a nobody, you wouldn't have gotten off on those 16 felony counts. Yeah,
1: he would have been slammed.
0: Yeah, and so, but but because he's well connected, and that's where we're we're going with this. So I'm sure you didn't, you haven't kept up to it on like like I have. But basically, there's this woman named. Yeah, I I I mean
1: with this thing, I did read about it a little bit. I know you got off scot free, but like
0: so so the the woman who uh, I think she's a. I think she's the district attorney. Her name is Kim Fox, uh, and she's massively connected to his family, and then also to um, uh, the Obamas. And then so, so much so that she had contacted one of Michelle Obama's aides, this woman named Kim Chen, I think is her name. Uh, and they, and because of a FOIA request, Freedom of Information Act, mm-hmm. they were they. Had, you can see the text messages of them both communicating about trying to get this sentence. Uh, scrubbed and so there's already gears in motion and and rahm Emanuel and uh and the chicago police department in general are so fucking pissed of course they are i'd be mad too and also, what's made them even more pissed is that now Jussie Smollett is threatening to sue the city of Chicago.
1: What a fucking joke. His, his... When hu- they concluded that it was a hoax. I, yeah. Fucking...
0: Oh, his God. hubris is just, is, is just, I think, I, I literally, I legitimately think that he's, he's a, a mental patient. Like, so, something right. is serious. Well, didn't his there.
1: team or whatever, like, release a statement there that just, like, confirmed that he was a victim of a hate crime after the fact? Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah that's just so ridiculous. Yeah, and we then, already
0: and, knew it was a hoax. And then now that he's, and then now what's funny is, now that he's been, you know, cleared of, or not cleared, but he, you know, so and that's the crazy part too. So he, these, these 16 felony counts got dropped. However, however, uh, he, if you're innocent, you don't have to pay your bond, but, the, but the city forced him to, to, uh, mm. it's $10,000. They made him pay that. And he still had to do community service, yeah. uh, which the community service was hilarious because it was at Jesse Jackson's some foundation and you see him just like chumming it up with Jesse Jackson. And like, that's what it was. But here's my massive conspiracy theory.
1: Yeah, let's... Everybody
0: strap the fuck in, because Jordan is uh, unpredictable. I think that this all comes back to Kamala Harris. And I think that her plan... So we talked about it briefly on the other one, I think, but she introduced this really, really... I call it weird uh, anti-lynching bill, because obviously lynching is illegal. Basically, what it was... She presented it as a... um, symbolic gesture of a failure to pass a law, you know, I think in the 1930s or 40s or something along those lines, maybe maybe a little later than that. I don't don't know the exact timeline. Uh, But also inside of that bill was all these really strange, redundant LGBT protections uh, that had nothing really to do with the history of lynching in this country, which was mostly relegated to black folks. Mm -hmm. And so a lot of the black community was pretty incensed about it, that it was sort of weakening this like symbolism of this bill because she interjected all this other stuff into it. So this is where the conspiracy comes in. I I think that she coordinated this with him, uh, for him to do it because it was the, it was the perfect thing for her to launch her campaign platform off of. So the bill gets passed unanimously. This event happens. And then if it were real or at least it wouldn't have Unraveled as quickly as it did because he's so terrible at planning something like this. I think that she that would have been her chief campaigning uh, hmm. angle okay where is there any evidence for that connection though they're friends um, really yeah there's pictures That's of there's weird. pictures of them together like um, also uh, she's really connected with obviously the obamas she's really connected with um his family uh so that there there is a lot of connections he's been to a lot of her events uh she was the first one to come out and condemn it in a tweet uh the first like public figure or like not the first public figure but the first politician um it was either her or cory booker but but the funny thing is cory booker also wrote that bill with her
1: we mentioned that in the first bussy small dick podcast
0: yeah so i guess this is like the bussy small dick addendum but even if my conspiracy theory isn't correct, some something th- this is a conspiracy. I mean, it just it just I, I think that you can say that objectively. The, the yeah. fact that he got off there's something there's some fuckery going on that sure. is beyond, And I think everybody
1: agrees that there's
0: fuckery in that. Yeah, he shouldn't have gotten off. but I mean, I mean,
1: you expressed this already that like there's more so we are all already on board. All the American people are on board that he'd sort of ruined this country for a solid month. And left a lasting impact, um, and so we all understand that he is bad. Right. So whether or not he gets punished for it, it doesn't matter. We already all share that sentiment.
0: Yeah. Yeah, and, and well, and, and I think I think too, I, I think that's the only thing that may, like gets under your skin is how smug and shitty he's being right now. You know, giving press conferences and. It's talking about yeah, what an asshole he's—he's oh, he's just totally beyond the pale, and and I think that he's just a legit crazy person. But and I think that wh- whoever put him up to this didn't anticipate how feckless and stupid he actually was. Um, but you know, uh, this is also on the heels of another funny thing, which. <laughs> which ties into this, is that the SPLC is totally crumbling. Really? What are they up so, to? What, if, what have they done
1: recently? Because so, I know they aren't very trustworthy in, in like, their so terror watch, or what is it? Their hate watch. Right. Yeah.
0: Well, because basically, basically the, the SPLC, what, one thing's been proven is that they have a bunch of money in uh, Cayman Islands accounts, that right. they won't disclose the amount that it is. But what we do know is they have over $500 million, and they're also a non-profit, so they used to be so fucking cool well i mean i think just any i think that the thing was is they were when they were useful yeah and then now what we're finding is that if you because if you're a nonprofit that generates it's it it, it becomes a really insidious business model right because if you don't you need fundraising to survive Mm -hmm. but if you don't have the the thing in which your organization was based on, which is identifying hate groups and all these kinds of things, if you're not getting, if those groups don't really have any power anymore, like the KKK couldn't, you know, couldn't fill a small theater, I think at this point, and and you need to create hate in the world, you know? And so by designating the Proud Boys as a hate organization, I think is a perfect example of that, um, and not Antifa, because it all has to fit their sort of white nationalist thing, and I remember I was listening. There was an interview I was listening to. I think it might have been a, a hidden um, recording, but it's one of the people who worked there, and and they were talking about the Proud Boys, and he was saying that uh, oh they use really white nationalist language, and the and the interviewer corrects him and says no, they only talk about Western culture, they don't talk about white culture, and the guy goes well you know saying Western culture is a dog whistling for white nationalism, and you and you just kind of. Go okay. We're gonna push the goalpost there now. So like you know, having having nation like nationalistic pride now makes you a white nationalist. And then the interviewer also says, well, I've met several Latino and I've met several Black Proud Boys. So they're not an exclusively white organization. And that gets dismissed as like, well, you can still be black or brown and participate in white supremacy. So it's just peak clown world nonsense. And it's so weird. so that all that the, the, the amount of money they have. And Morris Dees, one of the founders. Just got. Ousted from it because he, a lot of the employees went on record saying that he's a racist and a sexist. Moresties. Mor- Dees. Dees More Moresties. Moresties nuts. Moresties nuts. Moresties nuts. Sorry, I'm trying to bring some levity yeah, to this because yeah. I'm,
1: uh, I don't, I don't know. I just uh, I'm uh, a little sleepy over here for
0: some reason. I don't <laughs> know why that is. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I'm being so fucking entertaining. Um, but uh, but yeah. So anyway, their 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 whole organization is crumbling at the moment and. Uh, it's going to be very interesting to see what happens with it, but I think that this this kind of stuff is all tied in to where it's like, I don't know if it's a if it's a media thing where we're generating this sort of stoking these sorts these flames of fear. And this has been a topic we've covered on. I mean, even when we we're talking about the Jordan mm-hmm. Klepper show of like, you're creating a fear that doesn't need to be there, and you're going to scare rubes because they don't look into, like you can't expect a base, like an average person to look into data or. You find out what's really going on, or what right. what numbers aren't factored into hate crimes, like what's ignored. Who's the who's the one that's perpetuated uh, against the most, which is yeah. Jewish people, but they don't talk about that, and um, because it doesn't really fit the narrative um, in terms of I think you know the left trying to uh, pander to the black community to maintain their vote, which I think they're losing um, just one step at a time, and so. I could be totally wrong, but it's it's what it feels like to me on the ground and just kind of watching these things happen in real time. Um, but I know you're probably just you yeah. you're kind of all over the place, so
1: I'm just I'm keeping up,
0: but uh or I'm trying to keep
1: up, that is. Um I mean back to the SPLC though. What was so so Morris D's what happened to him again? What yeah, so he, he got okay, let me
0: uh let me pull up the article. Okay,
1: great. I because I, I I totally blanked when I said the Morris D's nuts joke. That just that took up every gigabyte of RAM in my head. Um, there's something else I did want to talk about, but we can hang on to this really quick. Mm-hmm. Sure, sure. Um, uh, Well, so- I know like the SPLC. I, I I know of them because of our conversations, but also from uh, Sam Harris's podcast when he had Mod Mad well, Nawaz.
0: Nawaz, who is was was. I don't know if he still considers himself a Muslim. I don't think that he does. But he was like a, an ex-extremist who reformed himself. But he's, ag-
1: he's against what he calls Islamism, I think, right? right? yeah. So he was placed on... He's Yeah, he's an ex-Muslim or like an ex-extremist. Is that what you yeah, yeah, yeah. And he, so, went, he,
0: he went to jail in Egypt uh, for mm-hmm. participating. And then I think he was there for three or four years and then got out. And now he criticizes
1: uh, Islam or Islamism. The, is ra- radi- the radical exactly. aspect of Islam. So, yeah. uh, so he was placed on the SPLC hate watch right. which is like their list of people to keep an eye out for because they are known to be hateful which i i mean every religion is is like susceptible to critiques or criticism that is except yeah that's the thing <laughs> so like the one we can criticize catholicism we can criticize and christianity. Judaism and christianity and and buddhism if we want to but I don't know. We can't, criti- him-
0: we can't criticize the one ideology that perpetuates more human rights violations well, okay. than any other. What I'm saying in is, like,
1: all religions should be open to criticism. Agreed. Um, and Majid Nawaz was placed on the hate watch because he was critic—he was critical of his past religion. So they called which him, I think, is
0: kind of absurd. They called him a radical. Uh, the SPLC called him a radical, uh, Islamophobic, like terrorist, extremist, they, yeah, whatever, yeah.
1: Um, and Sam Harris was also placed on that list briefly. I think he got taken off. Um, but he had uh, Charles Murray, is that his name? Mm-hmm. Um, on his podcast for his book, The Bell Curve. Right. Um, which is just about differences in IQs among races. No, which no, no, no. one chapter. One yeah, chapter yeah, of okay, that yeah. book. Differences uh, among races and iqs basically just dictate
0: why why some groups have socioeconomic. economic it's a theory as to maybe why some groups seem to suffer from socioeconomic problems more than others that that was really one chapter
1: out of how many like 20 yeah something like that anyways so charles murray obviously was he was placed on that list the hate hate Mm -hmm, watch mm -hmm. and then sam harris had him on his podcast uh when it was still called um waking up yeah um and then Sam Harris was subsequently placed on that list as well. Right. So and the the I mean, if if you know Sam Harris, if you listen to him at all, he's not hateful at no, all. He's no. just honest and and trustworthy, and I mean, he he's credible. So I
0: think. so and and, and for, for any of those that you don't know, I mean, Sam Harris, he he was part of uh, was called the Four Four Horsemen, which was Christopher Hitchens. Uh, Uh, richard dawkins him and then the other guy whose name escapes me because he's so insufferably insufferably boring that i just don't even really care about him but their big focus in the in the early 2000s was just on religion in general and being critical of it because at the time the dominant dominant culture narrative in america was christian ethics and values which as gay people that was pretty stifling you know in terms of Dictating what we can and cannot say and well, you know, you can be gay, but you know You're gonna be judged by God and all that kind of nonsense that was spouted on TV for like on on the regular And that may have been kind of before uh, you kind of came online, but it was vicious Mm -hmm. and and open I mean even I remember around for a little bit. I remember 9 when 9 11 happened Jerry Falwell got onto uh, some network and he blamed 9 11 on gay people. Yeah, and so that was normal uh, and he didn't lose any power or influence for saying that. So it, like, and I think that people don't recognize how quickly the metric changed and what, what was dominating culture um, shifted. And so but it, uh, but but concerning Majid Nawaz, he sued the SPLC and won and he got three point five mm-hmm. million dollars. Um, so this Which is they can definitely afford to pay him. Right, right. (laughs)
1: Which is such a joke.
0: (laughs) Right. And so, okay, so this this article is from Fox News um, and I and I don't mind citing them just because they're going to be the only ones who talks about this. I mean, no left wing outlet is going to touch this story. They're just not going to do it. Um, so it says, amid, amid a departure of top executives at Southern Poverty Law Center, a new report details allegations of sexual misconduct and racial discrimination against those very individuals at the progressive nonprofit, which frequently has targeted conservative groups. A report from the New York Times, so that, there we go, on Monday detailed several company uh, complaints by both current and former employees that indicated a climate of intolerance in the workplace. Uh, complaints included sexual harassment and a lack of diversity based on race and gender. In recent years, the center has drawn criticism from Republicans and conservatives who have accused the SPLC of unfairly labeling people and groups with conservative viewpoints as bigots. Republican lawmakers have also questioned the working relationship between the SPLC and the FBI, which that one is very, very weird to me, and also how the SPLC informs Twitter, Facebook on what shouldn't be allowed on their service. uh, on Friday, the SPLC president, Richard Cohen, announced he would be stepping down from the civil rights organization amid the harassment and diversity allegations. We're going through a difficult peer- period right now. This is a quote. And I know that will emerge stronger at the end of the process uh, that we've launched with uh, Tina Chen. Um, I don't know. Oh, that's that's the OK. OK, this is what's crazy. Tina Chen is the same woman who was the Michelle Obama appointee. I thought that, that was like
1: Kim Chen.
0: No, no, no. Kim, Kim Fox is the woman who uh-huh. was the, the DA, but Tina Chen was the one she was communicating mm. with. I had her name wrong in the beginning. I'm sorry about that. He said, speaking... Uh, uh, So I'm sorry, we're going going through a difficult process right now, and I know that we'll emerge stronger at the end of the process that we've launched with Tina Chen. He said, speaking of of the Chicago-based attorney, Chicago-based attorney, Chicago-based attorney, and one-time chief of staff for former First Lady Michelle Obama, who's conducting a review of the nonprofit. Given my long tenure at the SPLC president, as the SPLC president, however, I do not think I should be involved in that process beyond cooperating with Tina, her team, and the board in any way that may be helpful. Um, and then this is the last part I'll read. Cohen's departure came only about a week after the organization fired co-founder Morris Dees. So it's just, it's falling apart. And, yeah. and, and I, think, I, I think at this point, it's like, I, I just think that it's going to be another massive blow to all of these sort of establishment Democrats and like the narrative they've run on for so long that we're all, you know, racism and bigotry just increases every day. You know what this reminds me of? So, on, on campus, there's always these fucking
1: tents of, of like people trying to get me to sign up for something. And I was telling you, this is unrelated, this one. Somebody asked me to be part of blood drive, and I'm like, fuck no, I can't donate. Yeah. Leave me alone. Yep. Um, anyways, but uh, I don't know why this reminded me of it, but the, the end malaria now people mm. were on campus. And I previously did not have a problem with them. Fucking end malaria. Good. The thing is... They asked me so many times to donate that I ended up just telling them, oh, I've already donated on the website. Yeah, yeah. Which is, like, I felt very guilty about until I looked up End Malaria Now, and it has, like, a one-star rating as a workplace. So people hate working there. It's very similar They don't to, pay you. It's similar
0: to Greenpeace. Like, uh, it's, it's like, the
1: worst. It's such a joke. And now, the next time I see them, I want to ask the people, because it's always the same two people. It's this guy and this this girl On campus, like handing out flyers, soliciting donations and stuff, I want to ask them if they were paid for their hours driving, because I know they aren't local, Mm -hmm. and uh, if they're even paid to be on campus. Because everything that I look up for End Malaria now, it's like, nobody has any idea what they're doing, nobody's getting paid for anything, and management sucks. Mm -hmm. And so that's every single review that I've seen. It's like one star out of five. Um, so now I don't feel guilty about not donating money, about lying about donating money to end malaria now, because those people have shitty lives. Well, not shitty lives. They have shitty managers who are like not paying them, or a shitty company that's not paying them, um, and and their like work isn't really like, I guess it's substantial, but who wants to do that if they're not real? If they're spending so much time and not getting compensated for that time?
0: I think I, th- I think what's what 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 you're seeing is that. It just is sort of human nature once money gets involved in an organization. Like, and, mm-hmm. it, and it grows beyond a certain point. Like, there are still a few companies that are pretty ethical. For, for example, you, you know, you hear about Walmart and how terrible it treats its employees. Uh, on the inverse, you have Costco, which treats its employees incredibly well. Mm-hmm. So it doesn't I, I do hate that thing that the left does where they just shit on big companies because they make a bunch of money, and it's like, but some of them are massively unethical, but mm-hmm. I think the problem is that a lot of nonprofits aren't investigated as completely unethical right. um, and this is this is definitely one of them, and it kind of gets me onto this 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 topic of this really dangerous territory we're getting into, um, especially uh, post what happened in uh, Christchurch, New Zealand. Which will tie into the next thing I want to talk about, um, and 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 I'm listening. I'm listening to what they're saying about how to protect people from these types of events, and it all comes down to some human deciding what is hate, and that can't ever work correctly because hate is objective or uh, subjective rather. I'm sorry, what you define as hate speech, what because you know, we, I can say faggot to you, faggot, like you can call me a faggot, people can call me faggot, it doesn't, it's not, that's not hate, it doesn't bother me. It doesn't get under my skin, I don't really care. But there are really fragile people who, even the utterance of that word, they just shrivel up and wanna die. And so, you know, I think that obviously if I ran an organization, organization like that where I was deciding what hate speech was, it would be very different than the person who really takes offense to that word. So you can't appoint an arbiter of language because it's it, it it goes against I mean obviously the first amendment it goes against all that but at the same time it's like it's a it's a really ugh, I hate the term slippery slope but it, but it just is you know Right well with this thing in Christchurch I don't think
1: uh, I don't I don't think this determining what hate speech is argument applies to it because there was violence behind his Hate, mm-hmm. which is totally different from being like, oh, this person said something. Let's deplatform them. Um, I think that Christchurch shooting is a separate event. I don't think we should say. I don't think we should. We should say that there was no hate behind that attack.
0: No, no, that's not what I'm saying at all. Uh, what I'm saying is that. So I, I, you know, it, this is what's crazy. So I read his manifesto, uh, most of it, right. and basically. It's like every uh, psychopath manifesto. It, there's some unfortunate truth to it, and then it turns into, like, psychotic rambling. That's kind of how—even uh, uh, Ted Kaczynski, the uh, the mail bomber, which was before mm-hmm. both of our uh, time, but uh, his manifesto is just about how technology is going to destroy us, and uh, he just wanted to be left alone in, in the woods, and he was brilliant. He was, like, a crazy—I uh, think he was an MIT graduate. He was a brilliant dude but just kind of lost, lost himself, you know, and uh, started to do these horrible things. And I don't think that this dude was um, in, intelligent like this guy was. But at the same time, what he wrote in it was saying that I'm doing this to cause division in this territory, meaning it'll further fracture each side, the ones who want to protect free speech and free expression and be able to crit- criticize Islam and, um, which is a ideology that's ripe for criticism every ideology is ripe for criticism Um, but now what we're seeing in New Zealand and also kind of the ripple effect here is there's a sensitivity to they keep talking about how marginalized this group is even though it's the second largest ideology in the world and it's growing more rapidly than the other ones so it's like globally that they're not a minority but there's a the, the, but there but I think the reality that we have to face is that someone who is fundamentally any religion is not compatible with gay people at all and so and we've already seen this in in uh, in in Birmingham in England I think it's Birmingham uh, they were teaching uh, very I mean, I'm not really into teaching gay stuff in school in schools like to young children, but it, but it wasn't like sex. It was just kind of like, hey, these people uh, exist, and they might look different because blah, 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 you know, same-sex relationships. And the two groups that united to pull their kids out of school and protest it were the Muslim fami- families and the fundamentalist Christians. And so if they're uniting on this issue, I think that it'll be harder and harder to ignore that this ideology is incompatible with progressive values
1: yeah let's separate this I think we're still tied a little I think there's still a string following us from the Christchurch shooting I don't think this is this is an argument we want to make in relation to the Christchurch shooting
0: uh, right the only reason I want to tie it into that is because what he said in the manifesto was that this is going you're gonna you all are gonna react this way to it okay. and this is what I want you to do and we're doing exactly what he wanted us to do. Mm-hmm. Which was so division. Uh, Stop talking about these problems, which then makes the people who like us, who are gay and like see these glaring problems, um, but would never obviously incite violence or even think about that. But it it, it just keeps. It, the goal from him was to stifle discussion, deplatform people because of that event, and. And it would just make people more angry who are irrational and not like us who will then commit more violent acts Mm -hmm. because they're being ignored. And the only reason why I focus so much on that issue is because um, I owned this message board. And uh, it was basically like a free speech haven, meaning it was full of really atrocious totally politically incorrect jokes, uh, gifs of gay porn I mean just it was just it was chaos but it was private. Um, so everybody on there was anonymous um, uh, and we didn't let any outsiders in unless they were vetted by another member who would recommend them. so because I didn't really have an interest in growing it. it was member supported we didn't run advertisements or anything like that. So we got an We started about two days ago. We started going to visit the forum, or I clicked into it, and I used Google Chrome as my browser, and it got. I it would. I was greeted with this huge red screen that said, "This site is unsafe because it is known to uh, be a phishing website." Uh, Ph is like stealing credit card information. And then also they're running deceptive advertisements, which we don't we never have ran advertisements uh, and we and we can't anyway because we're not public. So even if we did run advertisements, they don't allow you to keep the forum private and then run it just doesn't work that way. So we were totally member supported. Um, so we so then now I wake up this morning and the website is totally nuked off the Internet. It's it's gone. So. And it's and, and whoever was behind this foobarred the website so badly that even our backups that we had that we could restore and maybe go to a new hosting service are completely destroyed and unsalvageable. So effectively, the website has been killed. Um, and we have a few theories as to why. We think that we may have accidentally let a bot in uh, that we thought because like normally what we do. So in our in our queue our member queue there would be tons of accounts and you could tell which ones were bots because the email addresses would look weird. They were like, and then you would check the IP address and if it was like a proxy or something from Russia or like, or some other weird area, we would just deny it. Yeah. But we may have seen one that came close and then just let it in, right. which was a mistake. I don't, I never typically did that, but we had four different people that were allowed to approve members. Um, and I think our, our, our running theory at this point is because we were actively sharing the uh, video that the Christchurch shooter um, was, uh, th- that he had live streamed on the Facebook, which isn't illegal here. In, in New Zealand, they've made it illegal to even share the video, which I find massively troubling uh, because the video is super disturbing. Um, I didn't watch it, uh, or I began to, and then I'm like, I don't want to see this, and then, and then clicked Good. out of it. <laughs> but at the same time it's completely newsworthy and we live in an age where you can't control these things so if someone wants to view this they should be allowed to you know you know what i mean like and so and and how is it any different than watching videos of drone strikes or or whatever else it's like this one has been specifically targeted as i i think because it was so odd that in the way in which he did it and kind of what i don't really know i don't really know what what makes this one different than you know i ever since i've been on the internet there was faces of which was just gore pictures and videos of fucked up shit and then there was rotten.com which is the same kind of shit uh these things have always existed and and um I have a morbid curiosity about like quick deaths or bizarre deaths. So I'll, I'll, I like those kinds of not like, but I'll, I have a, just how fragile the human body is, is very interesting to me, but like anything slow or like a massacre, I don't want to see any of that shit. It's not, or children. That's all stuff that I don't want to see, but sometimes it just, it, we do. I, I think it's important as humans to know how delicate we are. And cause I think that we get a little ahead of ourselves and we think we're invincible. And you see how easily somebody can die, and it just kind of creates this sort of morbid fascination in your head. Uh, I'm speaking for myself, obviously not for you. But um, but yeah, we think that the, the site got totally uh, uh, foobarred because we, we had that video up on there, and then a bot account saw it. And then um, and then somehow, I don't know uh, the technical aspect of how this would have happened, but it I think that Google actively worked to uh, destroy the site. And uh, I want to give a shout out to, uh, I won't say his real name, my buddy Chimney Portions on there who listens to this podcast. And, uh, buddy, if you have uh, any contact with the other members on there, you can tell them that uh, it ain't coming back. We can't figure out a way to salvage it um, right now. And uh, also, we're not terribly motivated to do so. So it's just it's too much of a fucking headache. And. So I think it's it's done, but it, yeah. but it, it's that's the reason why I even brought in that incident because I think that incident was the one that ended up killing our site, which is peculiar. Is troubling to me because it's not illegal to possess that video here. They, they they've done everything they could to scrub it off the internet, but it's always like these weird boomers who think they understand the internet and think that you couldn't just go on a torrent site and find it. Like th- this video is going to be everywhere forever. You can't stop these things. Anytime you try to stifle the internet, it just makes the. It makes. It makes us. It's the Streisand effect. It makes the subject matter more interesting to people who can't access it. And so, yeah, I don't know.
1: I mean, I already expressed to you my concern uh, about the site getting taken down. Um,
0: I just worry about. How many people were on there? Like 100? Uh, No, there was about. I think we had about 100 that were active, and then okay. but there was probably about 300 400 people. Okay. Yeah. My concern is all of those people
1: being displaced now um, with their uh, affinity um, towards, not affinity, but I guess just their value of free speech. That forum was probably a very, very
0: important outlet for them. It, it was even for me, because what, what it basically was, was we live in a society in which you have to think before you make any kind of joke uh in public uh which sucks Uh, you know we it's just it's a society in which it's not really fun to live in having to kind of constantly censor yourself and so to have an outlet to just make really assertive and again too like they would make super 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 intense gay jokes at me and some of them were funny and some of them weren't and but I was never offended or butthurt except for one person that I ended up getting rid of because he clearly had some issues. But most everybody on there were one, people that if you were to say, hey, I took this personally, please don't do that anymore. They'd all be like, oh, shit, sorry, I won't, I won't do that again, you know. But, but yeah, so it, it, it just it, it struck me as I think, I think you're right. I, I do wonder uh, what a lot of them are thinking right now because I have no way to get in contact with any of them. Right,
1: they've been dep- – displaced they're left in the dark unless they listen to this podcast mm-hmm. and uh, where are they going to go now with their pent-up
0: I don't know free speech values yeah you, I think I think that you you're, you're concerned that they would get like violent or something but they're not they're not like that well I, I, I know they aren't but it's
1: it's a matter of the festering I mean when you can't speak the way you usually do or you can't speak the way you want to, it can it can harbor some negative stuff within you and not even outwardly it doesn't have to be violent but like
0: it it can really change you well i think it's that that i mean we've i think i've said this before in the podcast but it's been proven that being ostracized is a form of psychological abuse and it causes yeah. massive trauma and and i think that this like depersoning thing, or, or, or getting rid of these outlets to just get to be yourself, be like the, the, you know, or just make jokes, or some of them land, some of them don't, but they're obviously mm-hmm. all going to be a- offensive because that was sort of the the way in which we created it, and 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 we we actually create we created the website initially as a backup uh, to another board that we kept getting banned from for making jokes like this, and. So but then it exploded, you know, in terms of being private. So, I mean, 400 members, when you're only letting people in that are vetted is pretty large of a community. Mm -hmm. Um, It's not huge, but it's, you know, it's but it was I think that that people's hunger for just being able to say whatever they want is we're we're starving for that right now, because everything is be, like thought crime and everybody is so stifled and, and beaten down by what they're told they cannot do by people like the SPLC who are manufacturing hate and division and everybody when in reality if we can all stop taking ourselves so seriously and laugh about the ways that we're different it was what was sort of the uniting force of comedy when I was growing up um if I hear a funny gay joke and it 's delivered by somebody that I know has good intentions i it's hilarious I, I have no issue with that kind of thing mm-hmm. um, nothing Kevin Hart said offended me right uh but the whole world was outraged or pretending to be i don 't really know what the, the reality was on that but it's just a very strange um it's a very strange uh, reality to the whole thing and of uh I don't know. Anyway, um, we'll, we'll move on. Okay. Uh, well, can we talk about the Truvada thing? Yeah. Sh- yeah okay. Yeah. So, I mean, I
1: I wanted to bring this up because I saw this on, uh, I saw this article today. Um, so Truvada is a, a PrEP drug. So it's like a prevention for HIV transmission. Um, and PrEP is just the generic name for this drug. Um, so Truvada is owned by a company called Jaleed, I think is mm-hmm. how you pronounce it. Um, but several—I think it was like six years ago, I think is what it said in the article—the uh, uh, the CDC, so the Center for Disease Control, uh, patented PrEP and, and, and this drug. Once, So it was being used—I uh, think Truvada was being used as HIV prevention in some other animal. Primate. Primate, yeah. So they figured out or they, they proved that it would work in humans, and now it's, it's Truvada for humans. Um, essentially the, the CDC patented, allegedly they patented this drug, uh, for, uh, this company Jaleed to produce. Um, it has been six years of this drug on the market, uh, for this like PrEP service, uh, I guess. So having like a monthly supply of, uh, of PrEP medication to prevent the spread of HIV, Jaleed, the company that owns Truvada, has not paid a single amount in royalties to the CDC mm-hmm. for the six years of business that they've done with this drug, uh, which amounts to I think three billion dollars. Um, but also, so I mean, I'm kind of outraged about it just because HIV, the the number of like infected people per year has not gone down since Truvada has been. It not? I, I
0: thought I heard that it it, it had very
1: very slightly. Okay. So uh, it stayed at about four. It has stayed at about forty thousand infections a year, for I don't know how many years, um, but at least for the last handful of years. So even with Truvada on the market, HIV infection rates have not gone down. But they're still making. They've still made three billion dollars. Uh, but I was also reading in that article. I I forget who, who wrote it, but. Um, it costs... So people are paying 2000 to $3,000 a month to have a monthly supply of Truvada when it costs $6 a month per person to make. It's fucking absurd that, that they're making all this money, first of all, making billions of dollars, and also not paying royalties back to the government that gave them the original $50 million to fund this research. Yeah, the grant, yeah. So... Uh, all of this money is going to Jaleed. None of it is coming back to the American government
0: or the American people, right. which is just. Which we're the ones that uh, footed the bill for the research. In the exactly. First place. So
1: yeah. we footed that bill. And now all of these people. So Truvada is very scarcely available in places like the South right now. Um, and it's because of this inaccessibility. Because they're selling it like for two thousand dollars a month, no one can afford that. No, no one can afford that as a medication. So, I'm I'm am just I'm like really
0: mad about this, and I I want to get your input on. I actually am I'm a bit uh, I'm a bit relieved. Well, not re- relieved not the right word. I don't know how to explain it, but like I feel slightly vindicated. <laughs> I, yeah, because you had a like a discomfort about Truvada. Yeah, well, I mean, so. Um, I got into a heated argument with this kind of powerful L.A. gay person about this um, because my point, I think I think he missed my point was my point wasn't that I didn't see it as a positive thing. I was just troubled by watching gay people use that as like oh well i'm taking this so i can have unprotected just, sex yeah,
1: absolutely raw dog it with and, and which
0: which and then now we've seen a rise of other like you know like antibiotic resistant mm-hmm. i think chlamydia right is that the, i i don't remember yeah it, but 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 all, but all kinds of uh right. all kinds of crazy and all, all the other stds are going up because obviously not wearing a condom doesn't protect you f- well i mean it, i mean even a condom can't protect you f- from herpes and shit but i mean it's it just fucking wear one if you don't right. know the person um, because you know, what's the point yeah. of taking the risk? And so, yeah. Uh, so to hear, because his big argument was that this could be what ends, uh, you know, HIV as we know it. And so, it, it, but now to hear your numbers, it sounds like so it's not it really that effective. Stayed
1: uh, steadily at about forty thousand infections a year.
0: But do you think that that's okay? So, but I, I would, again, I don't have these numbers in front of me, and I'm not really sure if they even exist. But it, it, it has it gone down in the gay community? But it's still high because of uh, intravenous drug use. It's certainly possible,
1: but wouldn't being on Truvada still prevent you from contracting it? Yeah, if you were using yes, but they're intravenous not. Drugs? But
0: but heroin users aren't going to take Truvada. Exactly. Yeah. But
1: very few people are going to take so Truvada. Some, somebody
0: who's going to share needles isn't worried about taking mm-hmm. Truvada. They've yeah. they've got a very singular priority, and that's heroin.
1: So maybe it's been balanced out. So maybe gay people and people gay people have been infected. Less in the past few years But maybe people who use heroin Are getting infected more Which brings it back up to the 40,000 I don't know yeah. I don't know the breakdown of yeah. it But it's still kind of concerning
0: Yeah, you know it, you know, it is it, I, I think what's 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 been concerning to me Is like when I had uh, Instagram Was there's some hot uh, guy That I followed on there And then he posted to a story Like, oh, got Truvada now Like, so uh, just Man, like, I have another thing about an Instagram ad that I got to tell you about, but okay. we can,
1: we can touch on that soon.
0: Yeah. No, I mean, we can, we can move on. I think that unless there's yeah, like more I'm you want to say about it. I'm just
1: kind of mad. And I, I know like we were talking before the podcast started about like big pharma or whatever. Yeah. And I think they are a huge problem, but they can also, I don't, I don't know. It's the, it's the, the, of, the
0: argument that I make. Like, so there's, there's a, a really strong convention on the left that shits all over big pharma as like this out of control organization that, uh, you know it's all about greed and, and 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 things like that but one of the one of the crazy things is the amount of money they it, the United States develops all of these drugs that are amazing and life-saving that are then sent off to other countries and we are, we have the ability to do that because we can we can fund the R&D because these companies make so much fucking money so it, it's it's a it's kind of a wash between whether or not they're abusing the power or or what's actually being produced in, in the long run. And the thing that I was saying before we started, what, what frightens me is that there's no money right now in developing uh, new antibiotics. And the idea of bac- antibiotic-resistant bacteria is something everybody should be massively concerned about. Yeah. Um, so. um, i I know this is kind of like a lukewarm take, but
1: most big pharmaceutical companies that are medicating for chronic illnesses they don't want to cure you they just want to keep you medicated and like i said lukewarm take everybody should know that by now yeah
0: i mean i'm I'm inclined to agree i like especially like you know i like i have you know uh some like mental health things and refuse to take uh any um Mm -hmm. of the normal route of medications i found other things that Mm -hmm. seem to work um because they don't really seem to be interested in how useful they are how effective they are the side effects they just don't really seem to care um so yeah no i'm, I'm with you i i think that but I, I don't even think that 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 thought extends beyond um the pharmaceutical company that the companies that also that's in medicine i i, I think that like healthcare in general is uh a, in in the united states i i'm I'm just going to speak for us. Yeah, I, I, is, I do mean to say in the U.S. at least. It's a huge, it's it's just a huge business and all the prices mm-hmm. are overinflated. And, yeah. um, and so it's almost as, that's what's so funny when people talk about socializing healthcare. I'm like, you have about 10 things to fix before we even consider that option mm-hmm. in terms of how expensive it is for someone to uh, take out loans to become a doctor. Right. How little they end up getting paid depending on the field that mm-hmm. they choose. Um, how... Overpriced procedures are because they don't expect to get reimbursed by the insurance company, then we end up having to foot a portion of the bill. In fact, I just got a settlement from Cigna over something like that. Yeah. And um, so, like, it just, it, the, the system is completely untenable to the point uh, of implementing a socialist system is just not possible at this point until there are massive corrections that are made on all these organizations. I just don't really know what that would look like or how even one would start to do it.
1: I asked my parents about my appendectomy. Wow, I couldn't say that word for a second. Uh, About my appendectomy in high school. Uh, I asked them how much it would have cost if we didn't have the insurance that we did. Oh, God, yeah. And so I got my appendix laparoscopically removed, which means they went in basically with, like, a fucking robot. Yeah. Uh, And, and like, came in from the side and, and lasered it off. Um, it would have cost estimate, rough estimate, like
0: $10,000 for a a couple hours of a procedure done by basically a a robot. And that's just the procedure. So, so Uh that's not the anesthesia. That's exactly it's. Yeah. So, I mean, it probably would have been about $35,000. Yeah. Luckily we had the insurance
1: to cover almost all of it, but, (laughs) but if, if we didn't, we'd still be in debt. Oh, for sure. Which is just absurd that, I mean, I could have died I, and I feel like I deserve to live, you know? Yeah, yeah. I at think so too. seventeen I'm years glad, old. I'm glad, I think. glad that you, you made it through. Thank you, thank you. Um at seventeen years old, I think I shouldn't die from an, a, a bursting appendix, which is great. I think everybody fucking agrees with me. But I shouldn't have to pay that ten thousand dollars to live. Mm-hmm. At bare minimum ten thousand dollars to live because something I can't control. Right. You know? Um anyways, I wanna talk of so fucking this I saw this Instagram ad to go off of the like I saw a bunch of Truvada ads. Before I saw this article um, In the past couple months But anyways I, I saw this ad I was on my Instagram explore page And I I don't know why I venture there anyways It's always just like shirtless gaze That I don't really have any interest in seeing Like I, I just I can't stand it Anyways I saw this ad And I was like what could this possibly fucking be But it was like some Instagram influencer Promoting a product oh, It no. was a remote control Vibrating butt plug that they were advertising on their Instagram. And it was like this Latin American influencer, which was very bizarre. It was all in Spanish. I watched the whole thing and I was like, how can you possibly do this and still have a soul? Yeah. You know? Yeah. So he fucking, God, it was so horrible. He was, he did a video. So he did like half of the video talking to the camera and like holding up the butt plug or whatever. And like the remote. And then the other half of the video was him using it on his boyfriend. Hmm. which was just like can you put that but also it was so obviously fake of course yeah but how can you even fake that on Instagram? How can you do that have a soul and also stay on Instagram without getting kicked off I just like it was so absurd. I, I, I hope I never get to that point where I'm advertising a remote control vibrating butt plug you know, you know what's so you know,
0: you know what's so interesting and so uh, I created that secondary one that I don't I only follow you on pretty much and Sean uh, Mendes and Sean Mendes yeah 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 and uh, on the explore page I just I'm now noticing the sheer number of influencers it is it's so
1: it's insane
0: high. there are so it, that's all it is it's yeah. just it's all these it's all these lifestyle blogger turds uh, who I, I don't know. We've already, we already covered yeah, this. Yeah, we so. have. Yeah, so uh, we're, we're at the 50-minute mark, so I want to talk about us, and then we'll close it out. Ooh. Yeah. Yeah, I love us. So, I love our relationship. Yeah, our it's relationship. Really, it's very, or, excuse me, our friendship. Uh, yes, yeah, so, well, yeah, right, because we, we don't want to be gay. Yeah. No. <laughs> um, so we're just gonna we're just gonna do spoilers so you can just end it here if you don't want to hear this and you haven't seen the movie Mm -hmm. Um, bye if you're leaving (laughs) yeah it's nice to see you thanks for or see you hear you none of those things actually happen Uh, thank you for whatever (laughs) fuck it Um, uh, so uh, what was your what is your initial thoughts on the
1: movie it was an average horror movie for me I, I was entertained the whole time I don't think there was a moment where I was just like ugh come on but you know it wasn't extraordinary Mm yeah what about you um
0: i thought it was uh okay so what i appreciated about it was that it was someone who took takes the horror genre really seriously because like the last two movies that he's made have been horror and it and they're they were both very 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 competent but it's like this thing in which he creates premises and then doesn't know how to make them interesting. Mm-hmm. So, in Us, it was the most... So, when the movie starts out and you don't see what... So, the, the movie starts out as uh, Lupita Nyong'o is a little girl. Uh, she goes to this... Uh, Beach in kind of an un—they said Santa Cruz, but it's not really. I think it was sort of an imaginary California town. Like I think, oh. but they're just calling it Santa Cruz because Santa Cruz doesn't have anything like that there. They have a boardwalk. Uh, do they with the, a the roller coaster? It's kind of like the Santa Monica Pier. Well, maybe, maybe I'm unaware. I've been there many times. I don't recall this. So, yeah, I don't, I don't know what I missed. But, but anyway, it doesn't matter. It, it felt like it was sort of just like a whatever town. It, it didn't really matter where it was supposed to be. It was just supposed to be America somewhere. Um. And then, so, then she goes into this, uh, she walks, she kind of sneaks away from her parents and she ends up in this hall of mirrors type place, ends up running into a doppelganger of herself at five years old, and then it cuts away to the present day. So, the second I saw that scene and they didn't show you what happened to her, I knew that the doppelganger had switched her out at that point. Right, So, instantly, the the climax of the movie, which is with that Lupita Nyong'o that we know that isn't the dopp, or we think isn't the doppelganger, is the doppelganger the whole time. Uh, so that twist was a million miles away. Like you you said that you saw it coming Mm -hmm. uh, just immediately. Um, the other part of it was that it was super stylistically interesting, shot really well. Cinematography was great, but they set up all these concepts that could have made the conclusion of it be, or uh, the conclusion could have had so much more impact if, if they had followed some of these threads. Um, One of them, for example, is there's a scene in in the movie where her her son uh, is interacting with his doppelganger and finds that he can mime and get the doppelganger to then mimic his movements. And this is kind of mentioned later on in the movie that there's a very vague description that the government created some underground thing in order to try to control people it like and i don't i'm somebody who hates expositional dialogue or explanation but it needed a bit more of something some explanation to have it have some more substance or weight to it um and then so the 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 son is able to kill his doppelganger by backing up and then the doppelganger uh mimics him and then walks into fire and dies um and that idea is never explored again which would have been great to use because then you can paint the uh people who live underground which that's that's the crux of the story is the doppelgangers are uh, everybody in the united states has a cloned version of themselves that's underground and was part of this vague government conspiracy to control us which is never uh, explored um and the the crux of the idea is that it's kind of like a, a class divide issue, which I think is important about talking about more so than race. I think, like we said, kind of in the beginning, is that class class is really where the focus should be in terms of how people are treated, um, and not really your immutable characteristics. Because there's really there's just no point of focusing on that anymore. I don't think um, maybe to some small degree, but not not as much as class. Like money, th- things that give you privilege are not the things that are ever talked about. Meaning money your family, your education, having both parents. Uh, height is shown to be a big one. Like CEOs are rarely under six foot, um, how attractive you are. All these things make a huge difference, much more so than than whatever pigment you happen to be. Um, but they just never really... So what they could have done is like if, if if they were able to truly mimic the each other and it was these, they were kind of... She, she mentioned this how they were tethered, 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 but again, then that was never explored again.
1: Right, right. And
0: then, uh, but they could have made the underground people into much more sympathetic characters. Instead, they just kind of play out as psychopathic murderers. There was a moment of sympathy when uh, the daughter's shadow, or
1: the daughter's counterpart, was in the tree dying and still trying to reach for Lupita's character uh, in the tree while she was like bent up and dying but that was was...
0: but that was squandered by finding out then that that lupita is the one that kidnapped the real lupita Mm -hmm. and handcuffed her to a bed downstairs and left so she's a total psychopath and that's the character who was supposed to be feeling sympathy in that moment although now looking back on hindsight she was probably um that's her daughter dying or something i don't know i don't know it was probably something different but the, the the problem with the, the, the giant twist at the end is that it sets up this. And again, I, I understand that we shouldn't take these things too literal. And, you know, if you want to go really stupid and literal on it, you could be like, how was the government able to produce 350 million some odd people? Where would they all go? How did 350 million people get red jumpsuits? Did they make the, like there's all these logistical issues because the, the concept is so kind of flimsy um but i guess in the end it didn't really matter it was more just sort of a stylistic horror movie and i can kind of take it at face value which is why i didn't hate it but the re- the problem with establishing that lupita was kidnapped as a kid and then put underground is a second the doppelganger or the original lupita came to the surface to talk to her would have said said that yeah and then the movie would have like ended <laughs> i had so i have a, a couple things but i had a gripe with
1: I don't know, I actually had this conversation with my speech professor, um, and uh, he he was asking what I thought of the movie and, like, what problems I saw, but I think Lupita is, um, gosh, it's so hard to discern, because, like, her counterpart or her, whatever, so, underground Lupita, when she speaks in the overworld, when she comes to confront the other Lupita, um, her voice. Yeah. That was distracting. Her voice was distracting, but also why
0: Why? would, why
1: would she not have a a full voice? Because she was a normal human. She wasn't a shadow underground when she was born. Yeah. So she should still have
0: some sort of vocalization from when she was five years old. I mean, so I, I thought of a way to explain that away in the sense of like, so this would have been, you know, Forty years passing, I assume, is kind of the time. No, it was that yeah eighty? So forty years would have passed between her being young and yeah. No, not that long. Yeah, it would have been. It was like nineteen eighty six. So about fifteen years. It was nineteen eighty six. Yeah, in the beginning, I think something like around mid eighties. Yeah, and then, oh, I thought it was the nineties. No, 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 uh, no. Hands Across America was the eighties. Yeah. Oh jeez. A- and um, so I can understand that if she was underground for that period of time. Uh, she would probably adopt a weird affect. No one else can speak down there, so she's got nobody to practice language with. Right. So that I can kind of... But then how at all is her vocabulary the way it was? That's a really...
1: So, I I mean, and also, so the shadow Lupita who kidnapped human Lupita, Mm -hmm. well, I guess they're both human, whatever, um, who's on the surface for however many years... I guess adapted and learned the language over time. Why? I, it's just like, I, I didn't much like the voice that she did because she would still have the ability to vocalize the way we are right now. Well, it, she would still have the capacity in her, sure. her lungs to vocalize. I think one of the are.
0: biggest problems that I had with her, her choice with that voice was that she had a tone that she should have stuck to. But it kept wavering in between like four different ideas. I could tell that she had mm. for the voice, and it just it, it almost made me start laughing. It was so distracting, and kind of just like why is she doing this? But then even the scene where she's telling her husband what happened to her when she was a kid, um, she overacted that part pretty she definitely intensely. Did. Like that was actually a comment that you made, which surprised uh-huh. me, because um, I was willing to let it go. But it's almost as if. Jordan Peele told her, just do whatever you want. And she did and probably needed to be reeled back a little bit. But the, the, the one really positive thing that I can say about it and why I think it's worth seeing is, was the ex. like, I love when movies do this thing where they, uh, everything is really deliberate. Um, so I was thinking about even something small, uh, do you remember in the movie where he has the, uh, uh, the toy ambulance yeah. And then that's what's used to kind of keep the door from locking him in, mm-hmm. and then in the end of the movie, the ambulance is what saves them. In the end, yeah. they're driving that. So like, every like the hands across America thing you see in the beginning for the advertisement that like everything comes mm-hmm. back. So like, there's not there's every I, I appreciated that level of filmmaking where nothing was done for the service of just getting a cool shot. It was in the service of something that would happen later on in the movie. Mm-hmm. Uh, I know you. So when we were first leaving the theater,
1: you were wondering why rabbits. Mm-hmm. You actually, I think, explained it. I thought it was a really wonderful choice, actually. Um, so, I mean, you have underground these these caged rabbits that all of these shadow people eat. Uh, raw and bloody is what she says in when she first confronts Lupita. Um, I think that was a really great choice because, I mean, of course, rabbits fuck like crazy and create so many babies that you can feed a population of 300-something million on just rabbits. Not the most nutritious meal, but it's also an animal that can sustain itself after the government has long given up on that underground community. So they were continually fed, even without the supervision of the government, because those rabbits were... Making so many more rabbits.
0: I just kind of felt like the, that the establishing shot in the beginning, which is like this really long pan out on the, all the cages of the rabbits, there was going to be some larger symbolism to the the particular animal, and that never really seemed to have a payoff, other than the fact that we just sort of assume that they fuck. And, um, but the, there there is like a lot of white rabbit symbolism in art, so I, mm-hmm. I I don't know. There's maybe something I missed. If someone wants to comment and say I missed something, let me know. But
1: why not like the disposability of rabbits? Possibly that could be. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And their relation, and that being related to the disposability of the
0: shadow people. Possibly. Um, we're kind of we're, we're getting uh, pretty uh, far on time here. So okay. Uh, not much else to say. I would definitely go see it. Um, reviewers are completely unreliable. Uh, like Rotten Tomatoes mm. is has jumped the shark. I mean, ninety five percent. Come on. I don't think so. Yeah, I would give it a six point five. Oh, Okay, I'd give it like an eighty wow really okay because my attitude was that it was competent i would i enjoyed watching it but the premise completely fell apart
1: yeah i guess i mean for what it for what it was uh, a horror movie i i I think it did its job
0: see but that that's that's my thing though because i think that what he's trying to do and i respect him very greatly for this is to get the horror genre taken seriously Mm -hmm. in the academy awards and and, and i I I don't think think this is worthy of an award. It, it'll get him. It'll get it. It'll get them. I, I think that she'll be nominated for sure, even though she doesn't really deserve to be. Um, it'll probably get. It'll probably get nominated for best picture. Hmm. Um, it, but there's just like there, there's like a, a serious. I, I, if he does this again, where because I thought that Get Out fell apart in, in the end um, in its in its premise just because it was. Not, not even because it was like the the really on the no- it was a really on the nose uh, uh, conclusion for Get Out of just kind of like man you could have taken this in a much more mm. intriguing uh, territory, but you didn't. Do you remember what I do you remember what I said to you about how I would have rewritten the end of us? No, oh, fuck. I wish I I wish I'd remembered that. I wish.
1: I mean, God, we're still getting back into it, but. Um, the mirroring thing, I think that could have been a good oh, conclusion. Big, big She timing. could have choked herself out in and, and also that, killed. That's what it was. So, like, that's what I said to you. Oh, what, 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 okay, I don't remember Yeah, but.
0: so what I said was that well, what have made the premise much more interesting is that if you injure the doppelgangers, it injures you as well.
1: Right, right, so, so, right. So then, you that, did say that. so
0: then that would have made sense. She could have followed the tethering thing of, like, I need to untether myself from you so I can actually kill you. Right, right. Right. So, like, and then that's some sort of process that needs to be done down below, and then that's how they end up down underneath, and and they see the actual thing for that to happen. And then Lupita is the only one who has the cognizance to actually understand this concept, and she was the—because she ends up being the mastermind of the whole plan, underground Lupita, I mean. Um, So, I don't know. It just seems like a really wasted opportunity uh, that they just didn't follow through on, but I would see it— I would recommend people go see it. It just—it's just—it's just not—it's mm-hmm. just, it's just, not, just not as good as everyone's saying that it is. <laughs> um, and I think that there's just kind of these like a really low expectation on on uh, Jordan Peele. I think he's got like that sort of—he's like got this weird uh, kind of lefty uh, like power armor that nothing can pierce, and so he's kind of in this thing of he can do no wrong, even though. Uh, this, the, the premise failed. I mean, it just kind of it failed to deliver on a really interesting start of the movie. I felt so. Okay. <laughs> well, sorry, this one wasn't very funny, guys. <laughs> uh, this is gonna happen sometimes. Probably, um, mm. we're, we're doing this a little later in the day. I think that's part of it. We're both pretty tired. Yeah. But uh, I don't know. Uh, thank you for listening. And uh, shock my corn. Mm-hmm. Bye. Bye. bye